This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Courtney Miller, a six-year Valley resident and an author. He's an award-winning uh, author in several genres, including historical fiction, young adult fiction, mystery, and geezer lit. He's the author of a seven-book uh, series uh, currently in progress, The Cherokee Chronicles, uh, which has received widespread acclaim in the Native American community for its authenticity. Courtney, thanks for stopping by today. Oh, thanks, Gary. It's good to be here. Let me ask you a broad question. What authors do you admire and why? Well, in historical fiction, I was inspired by a book by Gore Vidal called Creation. And it kind of showed me how telling a story about history can enhance the understanding of it. And then I think, of course, James A. Michener, Mm -hmm. the idea of a series, certainly inspired Cherokee Chronicles. What's the earliest book you can remember reading that really had an effect on you? Was there something from your childhood or early years? Well, I guess uh, certainly I had a little... uh, An aunt gave me a book called Guide to Astronomy. And uh, I loved that book. And I sat out on the uh, cellar with my binoculars and telescope and spent a lot of time with that book. One of my earliest recollections was also a gift called uh, All About Dinosaurs by Roy Chapman Andrews, who was uh, supposedly one of the inspirations for Indiana Jones in those movies. And ultimately, I became a paleontologist. And I think that book had something to do with that. So there's a lot of power in uh, literature. Tell me a bit about your writing process. Are you systematic? Do you write the same time every day? Or how how does one do that? I guess to summarize that, I would say that I do everything I can to let it happen. Mm-hmm. I know uh, a lot of authors, like Stephen King, for instance, suggest that you write a thousand words a day, that you set a certain time of day. And I did that in, in the beginning. I find that uh, I don't want it to be something that is, uh, I want it to be natural. I want it to happen and, and be easy. And, and I think that's why I don't ever get uh, writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> So when you're writing a book, do you map out your stories in advance, or do you just start them and see where they lead? I don't write it down. I don't do an outline as such. Mm -hmm. I do know where the story's going to go. I do know the route that it will take. That's all in my head. But I really try to let it happen. uh, If I'm going to to write a scene, for instance, I kind of start by describing the scene and then I have the characters start a conversation. And somehow or other, the, the story just develops when they start talking. Mm-hmm. So you have a basic idea, but it's not, not really mapped out. Mm-hmm. How has your writing and your approach to writing changed since your first efforts? You've been at this for maybe five or six years, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's changed a lot because once I got published... All of a sudden, there are all sorts of other things that I have to consider. There's the book signings and the working with the editors and all of that sort of thing. So just sitting down and writing has to be squeezed in with a bunch of other things. So that process has changed in that way. Your newest 
book series, uh, which is the White Feather Mysteries, and its latest installment, uh, It's About Time, was the winner of the 2016 Extravaganza Draft to Dream book competition. What is that? The Extravaganza is a big writers' conference in Denver that's held every year. And part of that uh, conference, they sponsor an award program. Mm -hmm. And so you can submit your manuscripts. It's it's intended to be non-published work. And you submit your manuscript, and then it's judged by a team of librarians, and you receive some prizes. So this book, uh, it's it's about time, is set uh, in this very area. The Sangre mm-hmm. de Cristo Mountains are mentioned. The town of uh, Rock Cliff is mentioned. Yeah. Uh, your your character starts in Canyon City, and the, there's a description of coming up, basically coming up along the Arkansas and coming into the valley, etc. Are your characters based on folks in real life? For instance, the the protagonist in your book. Uh, Frank Roberts has had a tough life. He's gone from a normal family, and he's become homeless, and now he's moving to a new residence. Is a Mm. a character like that based on someone you know? Not really. All of the characters are fictional. But when I was working, I worked for 40 years in business management, and every company that I worked for downsized or went out of business or was bought out or reorganized. Mm-hmm. I want to state for the record it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I always was able to recover fine and really never had any trouble. But the idea of how quickly fortunes can turn certainly impressed me. And uh, especially when I turned 60, I felt particularly vulnerable that if I ever lost my job then, probably would not be able to be, be rehired. So Frank kind of was born out of those sleepless nights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think many of us have had some of those uh, same thoughts. Uh, Things can change pretty pretty quickly. Now, in in this latest story that you've written, which is set uh, in the Wet Mountain Valley, Mm -hmm. uh, folks will recognize certain local features uh, like Copper Gulch Road and the Sangre de Cristos. But as I mentioned earlier, the uh, Rock Cliff Mm -hmm. and the St. Jude's Methodist Retirement Home, where this takes place, and is central to the action are fictional places. Is that is that fair? That's true. How, how do you decide what uh, where to bring in fact and where to go fiction? I named it Rockcliffe uh, just so that the reader knows that it is fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm not basing it on real people or anything. But I, I don't see any problem with with naming places in in the valley. The businesses and so forth are fictional in the story. But uh, they should remind someone maybe of a place they, they know. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've always found it when I'm reading a book, if I've been to that place and I know the scenery and I know that it's more interesting to me. Now, in, uh, for instance, Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities, he paints quite the picture of Paris especially. I would say in your books, the location is more in the background. It, uh, you're, it's more about the action of the characters that you're, you're writing. Is that the way you see it? That's, tr- that's certainly true in book two. It's about time. Mm-hmm. The St. Jude Methodist Retirement Center for the Indigent is obviously a fictional place. It doesn't exist. And its location is a little murky, but it's in the valley. But the first book, Ludwig's Fugue, is set in 
Rock Cliff, which is West Cliff and Silver Cliff. Mm-hmm. And so the more of the action there brings out places that are familiar. Now, you're able to draw on a personal interest in uh, Native American culture for your, for your books, and you do so in this one. You've written over 200 articles for the online magazine Native American Antiquity. What are your areas of interest along those lines, and how did those develop? When I was about five years old, I hopped up on the couch and I said, Mommy, where did I come from? And her eyes got big, but Mother was always calm in a crisis. And she said, well, you're Scotch-Irish, English, and Cherokee. And I said, Cherokee? Wow. And she said, I said, isn't that an Indian? And she said, yeah. She said, your father is one-eighth, your grandmother is one-fourth, so that makes you one-sixteenth. I said, sixteen? Well, that's a big number. I didn't realize that meant I'm 15, 16, <laughs> something else. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I've always, that, of course, has uh, led me down that road of being interested in Native American cultures and Cherokee in particular. And what aspects of Native American culture do you focus on or find most interesting? Prehistory, mostly. I like the art, the archaeology, astronomy, history, and culture. Those are the five topics that I've, I've written a lot of articles on. And I love to go to the sites and, and look at them and, and visualize what was going on. So one thing we share in common is uh, part of my background is uh, said to be Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really tried to research that. I've, my grandparents were in Oklahoma, sort of at the end of the Trail of Tears, if you will. Thinking broadly, what's the toughest thing about writing a novel? It seems daunting to me. I think it kind of depends on the genre. Obviously, the research is a, is a daunting task to get it right. In the mysteries, it's, it presents a different sort of problem, I guess. When I was reading a mystery one time, I, it occurred to me that writing a, a mystery is like writing a book backwards. Mm-hmm. because you come up with what happened first, and then you work your way back to where the sleuth first gets involved. It's a bit like uh, writing a, a story song where pretty quickly you map it out. Okay, I've got three verses to make this work, and in the last verse, this needs to happen. Yeah. And then you work, work backwards uh, from there. The good thing about writing a song is it's, only, it's probably less than 100 words, so it, <laughs> it takes, it's a lot easier than writing a, writing a book, I think. So. I don't know. There is, <laughs> writing a song is pretty intense as well. So what's the best advice you ever got about writing? Very fortunate in high school to have a, an award-winning English teacher, and I actually had her twice during my high school she was a taskmaster. You could turn your theme in blue, it came back red. <laughs> so I, I, I owe a lot to her for teaching me the writing process. And she encouraged me to be a writer, but when I told my parents, they said, well, you can't make a living in that. <laughs> so I didn't go into that back then. So if someone out there in Radioland feels that they might have the great American novel percolating inside of them, Uh, but they've never really considered seriously writing, what advice would you give to them? Well, those 40 years that I worked before I started writing, I really didn't, I I wrote all during that time. So I would encourage people to have a story, write it down. But then when I got to thinking about making writing a career, 
I went to every conference, seminar, meeting, talked to every author that, I, that would talk to me to learn what it was really about, and I, I think that's important. One of the things I see about aspiring authors, though, that uh, maybe I would advise is that drive for per perfection. And I've seen a lot of people that have just spent years and years and years refining and refining, and they should have just published. You've got several things coming up here locally in March. I understand you're going to be at the Festival of Books at the Denver Library. What sort of an event is that? It's sponsored by the Colorado Authors League, and a, a large group of authors will be, a, will be there. Tattered Cover will have a booth there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just an opportunity to meet and uh, learn about a lot of different Colorado authors. And what do you personally get out of a conference like that? Personally, I, I really enjoy those because I get to meet the other authors. And we usually have an opportunity to trade tips and talk about business. And, and I learn a lot from those encounters. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And locally, you're going to be at the uh, Rotary meeting on February 19th, uh, talking about Native American history. Is that true? It's uh, the origins. Mm -hmm. I'm going to approach it from the theme of immigration. We think about immigration as being after Native Americans, but Native Americans also immigrated mm -hmm. to, to the New World. So I'm going to take that, that approach and follow all the different migrations into the Americas. Courtney, as we near the end here, folks could, can find your books on Amazon or they can be ordered from Barnes & Noble. If they want to uh, talk with you one-on-one, -on -one, probably this February 19th Rotary meeting would be a good time to meet you. Uh, the public's always welcome at those meetings, I know. Yes, and that, that would be a good opportunity. You can also, um, my books are at Cliff's Crafts here in, in the city. He carries those, and then we often have events there. And this summer I'm going to be doing a, another lecture at the library. Okay. So... We've been visiting with Courtney Miller, Valley resident and author, whose latest book is It's About Time from the White Feather Mysteries series. Courtney, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks, Gary. Enjoyed it. We will see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 